Yo, yo, what's up, me homies? Yeah, it's me, Rich Tang. I'm pretty cool, uh, as you'll know, because a lot of cool kids listen to my podcast, Rehalustapa, they call it. Rehalustapa, see, they were, could you hear them? Shut up, you cool kids out there shouting stuff out over here. Welcome to 2016. Hope you're enjoying my new year. And also, I invented it. I think it's a good one. And also, welcome to another episode of Rich Tang's Less Square Theatre Podcast with possibly the perfect... Rahalastapa, Rahalastapa guest, David Mitchell on his second showing, and I think he's even funnier in this one than he was the first time. So uh, it's a really fun one. Just skip through this if you can't wait. Uh, if you enjoy these things and want to see me carry on doing them, uh, it'd be nice if I could earn some money doing something, uh, as these are free. Uh, so come and see me on tour. I'm touring from late January right through to June 2016 with my new show, Happy Now, uh, which I think might has shaping up to be my best ever stand-up show. You would say that, Rich, but no, I really mean it. I never lied to you. Uh, it's all about whether having uh, a wife and a baby has finally made me happy or whether my priorities have changed. But there's lots of dark stuff about the horrible things happening to babies in there for those of you who's, who love that sort of stuff. So And it's, it's darker now because it's my actual own baby. So it's very exciting for me to be doing that and I hope you will enjoy it. Um, if people keep coming to the tour, then I can keep giving out the free podcasts. Uh, if you want to stop the podcast, just make sure, pick at the theatres and make sure nobody gets in and then you will uh, destroy me, my career and my family. So if that's what you want, that's all you have to do is just pick it. 80 theatres. If you're interested in coming to see the show, go to richtrain.com slash happy underscore now slash tour or just richtrain.com slash gigs. If you just go to richtrain.com, you'll see the thing to click that will help you through to get all the dates. Uh, and I'm coming most places in the UK. It's quite a big tour. I'm in London uh, from the 11th to the 13th of February at the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, book ahead for that one is selling quite well. All of them are selling quite well. So I, I'm, I'm hoping we'll get a few sellouts and that will... Uh, be nice but uh, i think there are tickets left for nearly all of them as the, as it stands so yeah if you like me come and see me i'm i don't when i do stand-up shows i don't just make it up as i go along like i do now and during the podcast and consequently i'm more, more possibly more amusing than you're used to uh but we'll see possibly not and that is the terrible tragedy possibly i'm just funnier asking questions about sucking your own cock yeah, i haven't done that for a while should bring that back. Anyway, sit back and enjoy Richard Channing's Let's Square Theatre podcast with David Mitchell. Ladies, they can see me through the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> the curtain's been done wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Leicester Square Theatre. You'll never guess who's coming on now. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to Rich Chang's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Or as uh, some of the cooler kids have started calling it, uh, Rahula Stapa. Uh, and uh, we'll just have a quick look at... Uh, there's a nice bearded gentleman in the front row here with two badges. That's the kind of guy I like. Two badges. Still won't stop me taking the piss out of him. What's your name, sir? Matthew. That's a very nice name. What do you do for a living, Matthew? You think... You like to think you're semi-retired. Uh, you're a postman. <laughs> well, that is very similar to my postman. Uh, so, uh, do you ever just put the letters through the wrong door on purpose, knowing that the person will have to go and put them next door for the... Per yeah, that happens to me a lot. Uh, so, uh, nice. It's, a very, it's an honourable profession that will very soon be redundant anyway. You're going to be replaced by a flying thing. <laughs> that could also kill insurgents as well. That's, that's what you can't, you can't do there. 
that's, that's the downside for you. Uh, but lovely to meet you. Thank you for coming along and thank you for buying two badges. That's two pounds. You're a good guy. Uh, so uh, I'd like to introduce my guest for this week's podcast. You're much better than the bloke in the front row of the last audience. <laughs> he is probably best known for his appearance on Richard Haring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. <laughs> Which is now, someone's put them into the IMDb, so that is actually weird, but I'll uh, Will you please welcome David Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen? David Mitchell. There he is. Brought his own water. Welcome. Come in. There. Oh. How are you doing? Sorry? How are you doing? I'm very well, Good. thank you. I, I like the chairs. No, they're, they're new I, chairs. I wasn't expecting <laughs> such fancy chairs. <laughs> Things are going very oh, well for us here. There's a table, there's yeah. a range of uh, DVDs. DVDs yeah. and I mean, it's very... I mean, you're, wel- you're welcome to have one of those DVDs. One of them. <laughs> thank, <laughs> you. Thank, you thank you very much. You can't break me. Yeah. Uh, so it's lovely to have you back. What do you remember about your first appearance on... I would like to apologise, because I listened back to it to check we don't go over the same... Stuff. Mm. I was unnecessarily childish and rude to you. I, 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 waste, I wasted your time with a lot of stupid questions that are beneath you. I, I don't remember you okay. being rude, actually. Yeah. I remember there was a point where you thought you'd been rude <laughs> and you were worried the audience had turned on you yeah. because of that. But and they I, had, rightly I, so. I, th- I think it was just because we were entering our third hour of chat <laughs> at that point. Um, apparently, some sort of deadline yeah. sort of has been brought in as part. Of, there is know, they, to yeah. stop to stop us going on to, which is a shame. We're in not many doing ways. the full Ken Dodd approach <laughs> to humour. <laughs> just a shame. Um, but no, I, I remember it being uh, the, ca- the chairs weren't as comfy. No. The stage was more cramped. I think we had to be in front of this line. Yeah, that curtain was closed. You're right. It, yeah. very, it was three so, years ago, almost to the day. Yeah. Now it's uh, like Parkinson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's filmed. Yeah. You went, couldn't see you last time. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely wearing a poppy. It is Remembrance Sunday today as we yeah. record this. Yeah. Uh, so, f- fuck them. <laughs> and when I say that, I am referring to the people who expect you to wear a poppy on Remembrance Sunday. Y- yes, yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. those are the, I mean, because those are the people... Were those the people that all the soldiers died <laughs> fighting? <laughs> the people who wanted to make people wear poppies? I think if those soldiers were alive again, they would want to kill those people. Right, yeah. so, uh, they would say this is an equivalent <laughs> evil to that of fascism. <laughs> I'm not getting into that, not in the age of Twitter. <laughs> But, you know, I think all the people who are really <laughs> cross and have a lot of time to go on about things are right and should be deferred to. <laughs> okay. I say history is written by the winners, and you know, I think it's Hitler by wasn't the... that bad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think history is written by the people with most time on their hands <laughs> it's right, to keep right. sending more and more furious tweets. <laughs> Um, anyway, I, I should apologise for being so childish and wasting your time with questions. But if you were going to go on holiday with... Um, <laughs> you had to go for a week's holiday with one of the puppets from Spitting Image. Right. right? <laughs> which, which puppet would you choose? Bear in mind... Firstly, yeah. the puppet is going to choose the holiday destination. <laughs> right. And you will be accompanied on the holiday by both the puppeteer and the impressionist who does the voice of the puppet, but you will not be able to talk to them or refer to them, and they will just blank you if you try to have a conversation with them as themselves. So they will just continue to 
to play yeah, the, the person represented by the spitting image puppet. Yeah. So it's, it will be going, as it were, going on holiday with a caricature of an 80s politician. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or another 80s celebrity. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I'm probably be, and the easiest going holiday would be probably the 80s spitting image puppet of Melvin Bragg. Okay. I think that would, I think it'd probably choose quite a, a nice, I think it they, would. I'm thinking them as they, the well, two yeah, they puppeteers to, yeah. and the object, yeah. choose probably quite a nice destination, do, not too challenging. To, yeah, it would have to go somewhere quite refined. Yes. Probably quite nice food. It's a very good choice. Exactly. So I think, you know, and it wouldn't be too, you know, whereas if you, I mean, the obvious, the showy choice would be some member of the Thatcher cabinet, you know, the the screeching sort of uh, (laughs) Douglas Hurd puppet. But I I think that would just be wearing. And I I wouldn't just be going on this holiday for the anecdotal value. I'd want to just have a nice, relaxed time. So... So maybe, if not the Melvin Bragg one, maybe one of the general members of the public <laughs> puppets that yeah. weren't a specific celebrity. Because I imagine whoever did the voices for that would yeah. be grateful for the holiday. The puppeteer wouldn't be, it wouldn't be... They wouldn't have had the best puppeteers on those, no. you know, those normal members of the public. So, yeah, yeah. maybe one of them, if not okay. the Melvin Bragg. Okay. Good. It's a very thorough answer, as yeah. I'd expect from you. Uh, you used to work, of course, in the cloakroom for uh, TFI Friday in the 1990s. Yes. Did they ask you back to do that again? <laughs> uh, yes. 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 But only as a sort of, you know, as a thing. Yeah, okay. As an amusing stunt right. to make it fun. Oh, okay. And I didn't want it to be fun, so <laughs> it wasn't fucking fun when I was working in the cloakroom last... I will say, what I was, in fact, was an usher at the Riverside Studios. Yes. I wouldn't want people to think that television in the 90s was so sort of massively successful that a television show had a, a full-time cloakroom. <laughs> but, you know, there, there would be somewhere for the people on that show to leave their coat or cloak, even on a Tuesday when the show wasn't on till Friday. It was only something... If you were an usher at the venue they right. recorded it you had to you were on cloakroom duty when TFI was being recorded did you have happy memory did, you didn't work on did, were you there when we did uh, this morning Rich Not Judy you must have gone by then that I was think I, late 90s yeah I, I was there uh, 90 yeah and I was there 97 right so, oh, I, nearly, so you could nearly have taken my cloak from me yeah, I, yes and I, stored I, it I wasn't I wasn't of a pay grade where I took the cloaks of you know the, of the key talent no I took only the cloaks of uh, the of the crowd that they sort of um, yes uh, you know that, that they had to fill up that bunker with and make it seem so fun to everyone watching at home. The poor people who'd arrived expecting that they were turning up for the party that was represented on television and then were quickly made aware by us that they weren't allowed bags or coats for (laughs) fire reasons and there'd be nowhere for them to buy any drinks or anything and what they'd be doing was standing around being made to dance and being shouted at for getting in the way of the crane camera. (laughs) Happy memories of that time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, since we last spoke, you have had a baby daughter, as have I. Yes, indeed. Congratulations. Thank us. you. It's very nice. Yes. yes. Yeah. You named your daughter after my mum, which is nice as well. So thank you for that. I think. I think. <laughs> I think to be fair. Yeah. I mean. I, I only now know the name of your mum by um, by some very quick backwards reasoning. Uh, yes, now it, I, I hate to tell tell you it was I think largely a coincidence. Okay. Yeah, my mum's very pleased about it. Right, well, in which case, 
Let's go with it. <laughs> I've long admired your mum. <laughs> Now, I want to talk of your daughter. You know, this is a, a weird thing because you're famous and your wife's famous. Uh, the Daily Mail, I've noticed, has done... When I was just researching, they've done the same article twice. Uh, and the article, they, and it's only online, I believe. This is not the, the paper Daily Mail. Uh, but in July, uh, they had a picture of you with a beard wheeling your daughter around in a pram. And they specifically say, playing the doting father... Showing he's a hands-on dad yeah. by pushing... And that is the Daily Mail. That is his feminism gone mad. <laughs> he's a doting father because he pushed a pram along for a bit. Uh, and so there's quite a long article about, about you being out pushing your daughter around in a pram. It, yeah, they managed to get quite a few words out of what <laughs> is a very basic concept. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of horrific. But then they've d- done the same thing again last week, I think. But this time you have a moustache... Yeah. Uh, so that is an uh, that's an additional. Yeah. I think it says something like I'm. Yeah, I debuted <laughs> my tash. It says that's where I chose to to debut it in my um, in my own street. What's trying to go about my business? But if they think about it, there's actually no way that a moustache that's already that long can have been debuted on that occasion. I've been debuting it in the mirror for weeks. I've debuted it among friends. So, in fact, it's quite old, an old hand, that moustache, in terms of clinging onto my upper lip. Um, to be honest, it's nearly exactly the same article. Generally, almost word for word, they go on about who came to your wedding. Mm. And they, uh, they say, in both of them, they choose uh, the celebrity guests included David Baddiel, mm. his wife, Morwenna Banks, and Connie Huck. I'm guessing there were more famous people than those three at your wedding. But it's just that, that's like, ooh, ooh. The woman who does well, the wife of Peppa Pig was there. Bloody hell. <laughs> Uh, I, well, uh, it seems, yeah. and then, but then the second article, the first article is written by Jennifer Smith for Mail Online. The second article, which is exactly the same, except it's noticed you have a moustache, mm. is written by Sarah Tete for Mail Online. Yeah. I think Jennifer Smith should have a go at Sarah Tete. She's, yeah. she's doing a lot of the same work. But yeah. how does it... I mean, that is just... It's really made me cross seeing this. (laughs) And also feel very uh, sorry for Well, no, essentially, when you go onto the male website, you're expecting better celebrities than (laughs) me. (laughs) You're you're expecting people, you know, who are in the south of France showing their arses, not not pottering around North London with a pram. I'm I'm expecting better celebrities than your daughter, which I don't want to insult her, but she's done nothing yet. And that is... (laughs) She's been in nothing except the Daily Mail once before. She'll never escape the shadow of your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but how, how is what do you are you aware that as you're walking around in your daily life that there's peop, there are people waiting with cameras taking photos of no, you see them? No, once we've. I mean, in my life, I have occasionally been aware of that. Uh, in terms of the, they've taken I think three or four pictures of us just, you know, I mean, literally going about our business, um, just walking up the street uh, wheeling a pram, and I, only one of them were. Did I actually spot a, a photographer? Right. Um, so you know, in general, they they are hiding. Right. <laughs> but that sometimes you have to do that. Uh, you know, when you're a you know for the very best journalism, you have to <laughs> you have to be willing to do things that seem a bit odd, like <laughs> hiding in hedges in a suburban area, taking yeah. pictures of 
of, of families <laughs> wheeling their babies around. And, but otherwise, we, we, you know, there's no way of uh, scrutinising people who wield power. No. So, <laughs> that's... Uh, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't aware of it, and it, it, obviously, it is extremely annoying. Yes. Um, and you know, and, and but you sort of realise it's, it's the thing. It, it would be slightly flattering in that people were, that they think that anyone would be at all interested if it wasn't for the fact that it's on the internet where there is no limit of space. <laughs> so they might as well fucking stick it up there because it just. <laughs> Now, that's a phrase taken out of context. But, you know, so it's not, it's not as if they've actually said, oh, I tell you what, let's not report the new thing about the euro because these people are so interesting and we want a nice picture of them looking tired. Um, they've, just, they've just said, oh, yeah, no, some, some creep got this snap. We might as well stick it on the internet with all the other crap. Um, so, yeah, no, it's very annoying. But the, but the thing is, you get such a sense, from, particularly from the Daily Mail, of hostility towards anyone who's on TV and, you know, might not be quite as right-wing as they'd hoped, uh, <laughs> that you sort of know that, you're, that any expression of your annoyance would only be gratifying to them. So, you know, I, I, you know we've, I've rather pretended I hadn't noticed it okay. a, until now, Richard. So, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry yeah. to bring it up. <laughs> Well, um, maybe you've been a bit less successful like I am. No one would give a yeah. fuck about me. <laughs> <laughs> I've done loads... I've printed up loads of leaflets with my baby on them trying to get people to... <laughs> no one's interested. No one will take them. They're not interested. <laughs> While we're on the internet, then, we'll get this out of the way. Have you, I didn't do this with you uh, before. Uh, there's a website called Dirty Britcom Confessions. Have you seen this? Uh, I have not seen that website. No. I'm... I'm aware of it only from listening to other podcasts <laughs> okay. of yours. And, uh, yeah. So there's people out there with harbouring sexual fantasies about you. Uh, for example, uh, they're, they're mainly uh, relatively benign. Why is David Mitchell so attractive dressed as a vicar? So just a, it's a rhetorical question yeah. there. Is, is it a rhetorical question? Do they <laughs> no, then no, go on to answer it no themselves? One, no one has answered it. This right. is a picture of you dressed as a vicar. I would say... Not, I, I don't think the moustache is your strongest look. For me. No, I don't like... When I masturbate over pictures of you. No. <laughs> I like the bit... The, the, those are the ones bit. you pick when you want it to really last. <laughs> um, um, no, I... I, I, um, I, th- I think... Um, I think I ha- the, the moustache I debuted uh, in the, in, on the male website was, was one I was growing in order to sort of look not nice for, yes. a, for a role. I don't, I don't think I look nice with a moustache. No. But, um, but I think the vic- vicar, the vicar outfit is, is a good look for almost everyone. I, I suppose. Quite, there's a sort of quite sense. smart. There's a yeah. sense that you're judgmental, which people like. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a sense that, that maybe you're not allowed to have sex with them, which yeah. you know, makes people want to have sex with them more. Probably, yeah. so I, th- I think it's, it's it's obvious. Anyone probably, on average, looks more attractive dressed as a vicar, which is why there's all those you know women dressed as vicar clubs, you know, <laughs> dancing around a pole dressed as a vicar. You know, the place stinks of semen. <laughs> there's a couple more. I'll go. There's one I have to read out, which I think the one that I have to read out may have been written especially for us. Uh, after hearing David Mitchell use all kinds of curse words and filthy language, I can't help but wonder if that's what he sounds like when he's fucking. Uh, is it? <laughs> I can what imagine. Do, do, I, use, do I swear a lot <laughs> yeah, while well, having sex? Yeah. 
No, no, I think you swear a lot when you do DIY, don't you? Not when, um, uh, no, 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 I don't, I don't think I particularly... Cause in a, in what a do sense, you sound when, like when you're having sex? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, and I'm not going to try and do it here. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think, I think that's, it's already... I mean, basically, it's already so rude, isn't it, having sex? It you're already, the, you're already being very rude. <laughs> so there's no, no, need to, no need to gild that particular lily of filth. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, just a, qu- a quiet apology for what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do beg your pardon. Do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is, this is the... Like, I think people have got wind of me doing this and then have deliberately written ones. And I'll, I'll present the evidence for you, but it is quite funny. I want David Mitchell to slowly emerge from a giant vat of mayonnaise <laughs> into the waiting arms of an oily and excited Richard Herring. <laughs> he proceeds to lick the mayonnaise off of David Mitchell's semi-gelatinous body, except for his anus. <laughs> so you're, you're, by the time I finish you'll be covered in mayonnaise as you come out by the time I finish I'm eating a lot of mayonnaise <laughs> I don't think, and all the, you'll be naked now and clean covered in just my spittle and I imagine surely some mayonnaise smears as well I don't know how thorough a job I can do but <laughs> Especially the no, more I mean, with that amount of mayonnaise, parts. you're going to need to throw up at several <laughs> times during the process. I don't really like mayonnaise. I don't. I mean, I, so yeah. I, even if I have a little bit on a sandwich, I will usually scrape it off. Right. I find it too much. No so one like, wants oh. it on its own. Uh, no. it, you know, even flavoured with me, <laughs> as it undoubtedly would be, particularly <laughs> towards the end of the process yeah. when it started to congeal. Yeah. But then you'll be. So let's say you. I've got it all off, but your anus will be. There will still be. A little, However much, a, a little, little yellowy, <laughs> it's a l- yellowy region around yeah. the anus because it will have gone a bit yellow. <laughs> the will, mayonnaise one way by or that point. Yeah. You know. I mean, the question is: have I, Is there a reason I've avoided that? Was there? I don't know. There's. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, uh, after that, they have unlubricated sex <laughs> and talk about the Bible. They are both ashamed and beg God for forgiveness. Mike, that... Blimey, I wasn't... I thought it had ended with the mayonnaise anus thing. So. Would, you, would you be up for that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of expense because we have to get a vat of mayonnaise. Yeah. We have to source a vat yeah. that will c- contain enough mayonnaise for you to... For me to slowly emerge. <laughs> there's no... Uh, there's, there's to be no bounding out of it. Uh, and I presume, you know, for it to work, I can't be there when you get into the vat of mayonnaise. Yeah. Because that would spoil the fun you... for me. So there would have to be some very careful system worked out. Whereas when you're in the vat of mayonnaise, yeah. there's some signal from the third party I'm, I'm on, to go yeah. in. Otherwise, you're dr- drowning. Or I could be mayonnaise. on some sort of oxygen tank. I suppose. So yeah. Underneath the surface of the mayonnaise. Do I have to lick that you... clean as well now? That's just that. That's it's the only one. way to surprise you. You're just wandering into the mayonnaise vat room as normal. <laughs> Um, I don't know, to fill up... Maybe maybe you're working in a restaurant, you're having to fill up the little jars of mayonnaise on all the tables. Just go, but it's your birthday, they've got a surprise for you. Uh, Richard, just uh, just pop into the mayonnaise vat room and fill up the little jars. You go, oh, it's my birthday. I, I, surely I'm excused that particular chore. 
but no, you're made to. And then, oh, it's all nice, because as you dreamt of, I slowly emerge. Um, that's, that's the only plausible scenario where that could happen. I think surely it has to be your birthday on this... Yeah, this, uh, I don't think that's, that's I, not I'm, a I'm sorry, a Richard, licking involved. I can in this. only imagine you enjoying it more than me. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, uh, well, we'll talk, talk briefly about Peep Show, um, and it's the last series of Peep Show. I think by the time this airs, this goes out, you may they may all have gone out. Oh, so right. you can just tell us everything that happens in the last series. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as everyone's staying in this room <laughs> yeah, until fine. it goes out, yeah, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, no. Well, it starts in the time of of this. Yeah. It starts. You're going to look really uh, weird with that poppy on by the time this oh, goes out. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to look like a right <laughs> headcase. Like, I, I love them. I love them. <laughs> it's like it's New Year's yeah. Day. What's he? He's just he loves the. Animals. He's so unChristmassy. <laughs> he just wants people to think of the fallen. <laughs> Um, uh, yes, no, it starts on Wednesday. Yeah. It starts, and uh, yes, it's yeah, six last six episodes. It's very, very, um, I think it's a really good series. We're very sad it's ending, but yeah. we're too old now, or we will soon be too old. I'd be careful to say we're not too old now because that's like we're, it's already we shouldn't be making it, <laughs> but we, we are becoming too old to play men who are basically in the the sort of post university late 20s early 30s yeah bit of life um so yeah we have but i think it, it is i mean it's sort of it's obviously then it's been a sitcom that's spanned a decade and a bit and as and the audience has got older with you as well but i think also in this day and age people do stay in that arrested development till the, till their 40s so i don't think it's unbelievable i've certainly got friends and uh, and and one of the people that i could mention uh, you know by the time i was 40 was still living like a student really yeah, no, well, I, th- I think it's not like it's, you know, implausible, like, you know, yeah. a Jurassic Park film. <laughs> uh, but it, it's just that, that, what, that their, their failings just become... It, it just darkens slightly, yeah. you know. It's always been quite dark, but we wouldn't want it just to become <laughs> sad. Yeah. Just, to, you know... But do you think there's... I mean, I, was, I saw something, there was scope about coming back when you're older and doing specials and things like that. Do you think that might happen? Or I th- yeah, I think... Well, I think... Um, I think we definitely love to do some sort of thing about them in sort yeah. of 10, 20 years' time, a sort of whatever happened to yeah. kind of thing. And I think Sam and Jesse, who write it, uh, you know, are keen to write that. And yeah. But we just sort of think, let's not... Let, let's draw a line under the um, the initial show. Yeah. And Because, um, we, we, you know, we've done loads of episodes. We haven't done the sort of, you know, two series and no. then quit while people are wanting more we've made sure <laughs> that people have definitely are sated this and um yeah everyone is full yeah of of that i don't th- i think they could i watched them all so i think they're on netflix aren't they so we watched the entire lot in in the space of a few weeks and they they really hold up well they're really really fun i think there's there's something about because i think once a, a show becomes that ingrained in your your life you've seen it over that many years it sort of is i think it's going to be sad for the audience as well as for you i imagine it was a, a it's a difficult thing to leave behind once it's been part of your life yeah well it, what, yes it, but the thing is it's you, you end up looking back at, you know we started doing it 12 years ago and you sort of realize 
you know, fucking hell, I'm 12 years older now. And that's, yeah. a, really, that's a significant percentage of the time I'll be alive. Mm. And in some ways it feels like it was just now. And it's, you know, you, yeah. it makes you think about mortality. That's, um, uh, which isn't, you know, which is probably a good thing to think about occasionally. Yeah. But, um, uh, but not yet, yeah, it doesn't necessarily put you in a good mood. So maybe it will be, you know, com- comically ruined by the fact that the viewers will just think about mortality themselves. So <laughs> they'll they'll remember when they first saw it and how many things haven't gone right for them since then, how terrifying. naive their dreams then really were. And, you know... It's, you know, it's true. It's totally yeah. If you had to list uh, the Peach episodes from least favourite to most favourite of your own personal, which episode would be the mean episode? <laughs> a, a, really, a really good average one. Um, I think... I mean, immediately, there's so many average ones to choose from. It's... Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm immediately thinking of the, uh, I don't know why, of the sectioning episode okay. from series three, which I always thought was pretty good, but certainly not my favourite. Okay. <laughs> always yeah. wondered about that, that's good. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> Has your brother seen any more ghosts since you were last time? <laughs> I, I, I haven't asked him, so I, I don't know, but uh, oh. he, he hasn't brought it up. <laughs> no, he probably and, would, wouldn't he? I think he probably would, because, you know, at family gatherings, there are silences. And <laughs> if anything that interesting had happened to him, he would, you know... Yeah. Um, I think he'd, he'd pipe up. He's shown no signs of having changed his attitude to the world as a result of having <laughs> okay. seen something which, in general... I mean, he, he doesn't really believe in ghosts, but he thinks he's seen one. Yeah. So... Was he excited that he was mentioned on my podcast... Uh, if so, he has never mentioned it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Um, so, how are you enjoying being, aside from all the horrible uh, paparazzi bits? How, yeah. how's, how's it going so far? You're six months in, nearly? Yeah, to... Nearly six months in. And yeah. although, obviously, oh, it gets uh, much more interesting yeah. after the first six months. <laughs> that's, the, that's the most annoying thing. But uh, wherever you're at in the baby process, they go, yeah. either people go, oh, yeah, I loved six months. That was such a lovely time. <laughs> or they'll go, oh, you wait, see what's coming. By month nine, you wait and see what happens. Do you find yeah. that? Yeah, well, that, it's certainly true that nobody goes, oh, I know not a jot more than you. <laughs> um, I, all, of the, all of the parenting skills that, uh, that I've used on my now 14-year-old boy, <laughs> I had learnt by the time he was five and a half months old. So... Um, uh, no, so y- yes, people d- do that a bit, but you know, it's nice people take an interest. Yeah. Really, it's, it's it's amazing. Really, it's frightening, but it's lovely, and you know. And are you more hands-on than you know pushing the pram around a couple of times when you I, see someone in I the bush? Have, <laughs> I, I have, on occasion, yeah. actually put my hands on, <laughs> on my own child, yeah, well, which it's very modern. It's very yeah, modern. Absolutely, I've, you know. <laughs> You know, picked her up and just literally acknowledged her presence <laughs> on, on almost a daily basis, yeah. which, you know, is, is very, very modern. <laughs> and it's probably... Is it, is it PC gone mad? <laughs> I, I, think think it, it I think it might be. I think yeah. it's insane. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I, I, you know, I feel very uh, privileged myself to be. I mean, I've talked about this. But I'm doing a show, as I say, about partly about becoming a father. But I, I, I feel like sorry for the previous generations of fathers who weren't encouraged to, or you know, were expected not to get involved. Yeah, because no, I think I'm, all the horrible little th- the things you sort of think, oh, that'll be awful, that'll be terrible. Those are the sort of be- the, the lovely well, moments. Of well, it. there's no, there's nothing. I mean, it, it's it's frightening because you're aware that there's a, a you know a tiny human that, that really can't look after themselves. Yeah, but all of the things you have to do, like you know, the things I was worried about, you know, n- nappies and bottles and yeah. sterilizing. It's all. It's not. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's not. There's. It's really easy to learn, and you you totally get used to it. And then there's just the lovely thing of a new person that suddenly starts to recognise you and smile and laugh, and it's you know it's brilliant. So it must have been very weird at the point when you know the Edwardians they say, "Well, I have seen my child, and I look forward to meeting him when he graduates." Uh, um, it's a very, it's a very joyful thing. Uh, do you think do you, do you, she'll be uh, funny? Is she gonna, is she gonna suck up? Because my daughter's very funny, and I, I, I concede that you have won the competition of who is the funniest out of me and you. But now we have a new generation, <laughs> and I intend to live vicariously through my daughter and train her up to be a super comedian. Are you to mainly beat you? <laughs> and any of Teddy children Stuart Lee has. <laughs> what are you going to do the same, or are you going to let her do what she wants? Uh, I I hope she doesn't want to be a comedian yeah. or in show business because if she was really funny, I, I would probably it would poison me. Yeah. And I'd go, I want to be funnier than my own daughter, <laughs> and I'd turn into a sort of Darth Vader figure. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope she. I, uh, but no, sort of more seriously, I'd sort of. I don't think it's necessarily wanting to be a performer. It isn't necessarily the the shortest route to happiness. <laughs> so if she wanted to be a performer, you know, I, the brilliant. I hope she's really good at it. And you know, whether or not she is, I'll turn up and say she is. Yeah. But um, but if she wanted, if she totally didn't want to do that, and say wanted to be an extremely uh, successful lawyer in one of the areas of law that are lucrative, <laughs> I do you know I just support that dream. Uh, or, I, I, or, or if she wanted to produce, I thought produce documentaries for Radio Four. That would be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice. That would be a nice, nice, gentle, largely indoor work yeah. that, in, that involves thinking and pottering. Yeah, that's yeah. That would be nice. I think uh, Doctor uh, would be good, of course. Doctor. Because then she could stop me dying. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. that's like, well, they'll have, they'll be doing a certain amount. That's it's nice to have that. You know, I've yeah. left it a bit late because I think oh, by the time I'm in a home, my daughter might not be old enough to look after me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but maybe if I can hold on, I'm yeah. try and try and get fit again. I, lo- I, mean, I sort of love the. I mean, it's sort of that's so that's what's exciting about a new person mm. is this mm. incredible level of potential. They, you know, they'll obviously let us down, and and, and, and us them. That yeah. is the the worst, yeah. the, the bigger crime of it all. But it's uh, no. I mean, at the moment. Uh, and this is an interesting fact. At the moment, uh, my child is perfect. And if that continues, that's... I mean, wow. And all I'm saying to her is if she stops being perfect, I'll be pretty disappointed. That's, you know, that's, but what's quite nice... Why they, let go of that knack? They are perfect because you know? they literally can't do anything wrong because they have no concept of right or wrong. So they, yeah. they can only be... Which is quite a nice yeah. place to be. They, whatever they do is right, and there can't be any wrong. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's what there's the tragedy of knowing that innocence will 
be lost and that they will then know the world is a terrible place. Horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, never, never have children. That is my, that is my uh, answer to you. Uh, so, um, I'm going to ask you another emergency question because you are the best at emergency questions. You definitely give the, you gave the best answer for the ham hand one, definitely, that there were, of the many, many times I asked that question. Um, uh, as nice as... Uh, I, I, uh, kettle crisps are not as nice as they once were. That's... Have I changed or have they? It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> if you could travel back in time to compare any food of today with an equivalent in the past, one, what time would you go to? <laughs> Two, what food would you be taking to compare and what would you compare it to? Right, that's... This is, I'm saying I'd yeah. take Kettle Crisp back to find out whether they've so changed you would, what I have. But you don't have to compare a, a contemporary version of a... Well, if you go back so far that the thing does... If I said I want to ch- compare Kettle Crisps to the kind of crisps a caveman might eat, <laughs> then <laughs> they won't have Kettle Crisps, yes. as far yeah. as I'm aware. No, so that would be just a random... But I want to go back to the beginning of Kettle Crisps yeah. with a Kettle Crisp now and eat what that kettle crisp, yeah. and then I'll eat the old kettle crisp. I mean, it'll be new there, because I'll be in that time. Yeah. And then go, yeah, it has changed. Or, oh, no, I, I've changed. Well, I think uh, what's distracting me yeah. about this is, are they not called kettle chips? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I would be the first to admit that they are a type of crisp, but I think the brand name is kettle chips. Well, I, would, I refuse to join in with that. If, that, just, is, if, that, if they are crisps, and we're not American. Chips is an American. Well, they are crisps, but they can still have a name that contains the word chips, can't they? Well, did they were they called kettle chips? I think they've always with? been called kettle have chips. Have they though? Or have or have you changed? <laughs> I, it's, it's true. I have started to see the word crisp to be the word chip. That's. Um, uh, uh, I, well, it's not what? really about kettle crisps. No, no, okay, no. Or I, chips. I, I, I also, by the way, though, yeah. I agree with you, and I don't think they have changed, right. but I think there was something amazing oh, nice. when they first came out about the way they were different from, you know, the standard crisps. And, yeah. and then that thing that was different about them turned out not to be nice. <laughs> but, but it took several years... Before you realise, oh, you know, they're different. They're not just, they're so much crunchier. Than, and then you realise, no, it's annoying. And it sort of spikes the roof of your mouth. And, um, and what's nicer is the Pringles that just turn back to their constituent mulch almost immediately. <laughs> um, what foods would I compare? I'd quite, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe beer. Okay. Maybe yeah. I'd do, I'd quite like to do a time-travelling sort of beer tasting, nerdy beer tasting Yeah, that would be good. You could go, stop, go several stops. Go back to where it was like the beer, they just, it was just so weak. It was just there so it wasn't water, so it didn't kill <laughs> yeah. you. And then the, maybe the really strong beer that maybe Henry VIII might have enjoyed. <laughs> or, well, but I, 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 could, some, I can do... Some actual beers, like I think uh, Budvar, which I like, is a Czech beer, but I think that claims to go back to sort of 1500s or something yeah. like that. So it'd be quite interesting to... I mean, I'd be interested well, in taking and, and then seeing what the difference between Apparently, those. Guinness was a bit of a mistake. Right. That they sort of burnt something. Yeah. It tastes quite burnt. It tastes like a mistake. Yeah. So I, 
I'd, I'd quite like to try what they were making before that mistake. <laughs> because maybe, maybe it's nicer. And maybe I could actually put in a word for it and yeah. sort of go, I, I think you've gone a bit, <laughs> you've gone a bit mad. Because you, this other beer is much nicer, but you, you're probably bored of it because you make it every day. And, and now this mad idea of making the stuff that tastes burnt has taken over the whole company. <laughs> and, and you're ruining, you could be ruining a lot of people's evenings for hundreds of years to come. <laughs> How's your back, by the way? If it's your back, oh, is it? I had a bit of a flare-up oh, no. a few days ago, but basically better. Okay. Basically You're better. still walking everywhere. I am still walking, but it's, ha- it's ceased to have quite the effect on my weight it used to. <laughs> it's like my, my metabolism has got used to that right. and, and, and puts weight on anyway, so I'd have to walk two hours every day, I think, oh. to lose. And then that gets ridiculous. because You could run the same distance rather than walk it. I, I don't like running. I've, tr- I've tried... I, I did try running yeah. a bit, but I, I, it was horrible. It was really, t- really tiring. <laughs> it is tiring. And, and, and also, it's, it's, I also hate, what I like about walking is, is you, don't have to, you don't have to get changed before or after. You sort of, you might, I mean, you might be, it might make you a little bit sweaty, mm. but still basically presentable. Things where you have to completely change and shower. It's, I think I, I resent that even more than the exercise. Right? <laughs> Could. Um, what is the worst emergency you've ever been involved in? Oh, it's, um, it's a double emergency question because it's about an emergency and it's also. An I don't think I've ever really been involved in an Maybe emergency. No. What? No. I mean, no. We never I mean, rung the fire police. drills at school, but they weren't real emergencies. No, there was never a real fire at school. Oh, although I, I don't know if I was there, but I think a disgruntled ex-pupil. Uh, in my school put a sort of explosive in the organ loft of the chapel, um, which uh, resulted in the organist going deaf for two days. Oh, no. Um, but I, I wasn't aware of when that happened. I don't that, think they had to clear the... Um, that is so funny. Yeah. But the, the posh terrorism. How can yeah. I get back? Yeah. How can I get back in this school? I'll show them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they'll regret leaving that organ loft. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like the Guy Fawkes of, of organ lofts. It's like the high rent, yeah. high-rise Guy Fawkes, but he succeeded. <laughs> Um, or Ian Gunpowder, as he should be He called. did better. He did better. I don't think Guy Fawkes deafened anyone. No. So it's basically, what are we doing remembering Guy Fawkes, <laughs> a complete failure, yeah. when even I can't remember the name of this person Terrible. who did at least succeed in deafening an organist for two yeah. days. Do you think that David Cameron had sex with a pig from your experience of being at public school and Oxbridge? Um, Is that the kind of thing that went you see, on? That's, that's a, it's interesting the way you phrase that question. <laughs> Because it's been impossible for me to answer in the affirmative without <laughs> implying that I've done something similar myself, which I haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nevertheless... What I, is the most similar thing you've done to having sex with that? He's supposed to have just sort of uh, stuck his cock repeatedly in... I don't think repeatedly, I think... I've, but just well, once rested his penis. I, I'm pretty certain it's a made-up story. Right. But I think what he's supposed to have done, and this is just hijinks. Yeah. He's at a posh do. They've been burning money and kicking tramps and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone goes, oh, look, I've got this pig. And you're a bit drunk. Yeah. And clearly on cocaine. Mm. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Can you combine yes, clearly yeah. and allegedly? Legally, they have very different <laughs> statuses as words, but yeah. Definitely on cocaine. <laughs> allegedly, he was definitely. If David yeah. Cameron's never tried cocaine's, let him sue me about that. He's definitely taken cocaine. <laughs> uh, and then someone goes, hey, mate, put your co- cock in here. Mm. You might do that, mightn't you, if you were David Cameron? If someone said that to me, you yeah. know, I was drunk, I know I wouldn't do that. Right. Um, because it would be embarrassing, and I don't like being nude <laughs> in front of people I don't know in very way, well the, indeed. The pig helps with that a bit, doesn't it? It gets in the way of the nudity. Yeah, yes, but so if, they, if you were nude, and then someone said, it's, here's it's a, a pig's head, you might go well, cover yourself <laughs> up. <laughs> and so the penis might just go in the mouth. <laughs> Do you think that's how it happened? That David Cameron was changing in a room on his own and then everyone else burst in and he just modestly reached for the nearest thing, happened to be a pig's head. And as he was drawing the pig's head towards his genital area, accidentally his flaccid cock sort of slightly entered it. Yeah. Um, in which case, I feel sorry for the man. He's been, um, yeah, I think there are lots of people who would in sort of... A, you know how on stag do's, there are sort of people who do things that they don't really want to do. You know, like yeah. people... Like stag do's will gl- sort of glumly go to a strip club when none of them want to go because they sort of feel it's sort of traditional. Yeah. Uh, and I can sort of feel that, that a group of people are very drunk and, you know, possibly also enjoying other substances. Yes. I mean, they've had a big dinner. <laughs> um, they might think, just, you know, it's the sort of thing that people come up with because those people haven't really got anything to say to each other. They're not really talking. The conversation's not flowing, so someone says, we're going to have to get out their pig's head. <laughs> uh, I, I can imagine people yeah. would, would just do that to join in, and maybe he's that sort of person and maybe he isn't, but it's not like the most impossible thing to believe. If that's the worst thing that's happening yeah. with powerful young people behind closed doors, then that's fine. Yeah, I guess so. I think there's a sort of level, there is a certain type of people, that the, perhaps you and I, a group of men that you, perhaps you and I were never invited or wished to participate with, who like drinking their own sick or <laughs> spunking in a glass and making the last person to spunk in it drink it and yeah, there's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, they play rugby and I, some I, things like that, which we, so, you know, yeah. there's a kind of homoerotic element to, to it. Yeah, I've, I, I'm, I certainly heard stories yeah. at, at uh, university about drinking societies and yeah. dining societies that supposedly did crazy things. But I don't know. I've never, I had no more actual evidence of that than I have of the, no. of the, the Cameron. Um, well, and then that, that woman at the Westfield sucked off her husband when she was pregnant and the kids were around. I mean, I think she should probably not be allowed to be Prime Minister now. Yeah. <laughs> that should be one of the things. They're not really punishing her for it. But go, if they ever get the chance you're going to be Prime Minister, you can't be it. In case you start sucking off one of the, you know, Putin or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that might actually be the way to solve all the problems, wouldn't it? If you go but to... You've, you've got to be able to deploy that appropriately haven't you and she hasn't deployed it ultimately no. sucking people off in circumstances where you're not supposed to suck people off yeah. it's fine if you get away with it that is it's true. just all Same it's like with, with Tony Blair invading yeah. Iraq it's fine if you get away with it <laughs> Some fan of Tony Blair over yeah. there I'm disgruntled oh come on lay off him what's he ever what's he ever done to you um, why do elephants have such low rates of cancer <laughs> Um, I, d- I didn't know they, well, they, they do. Did. Why um, do you think it is? Fresh air. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I suppose maybe they get 
their tubes rinsed out a lot with the, the inhalation of liquid. Um, is is grey an anti-carcinogenic colour? Um, <laughs> cancer's mainly caused by people's tubes being clogged up. <laughs> Possibly. I, I, I don't know, it's smoking. That's very bad for the, yeah. you know, like well, the tubes do, and people yeah, get... But elephants of, don't smoke, do they? They don't smoke. Uh, okay, but they're, they're, I would answer. say even less likely to suffer from serious catarrh than a non-smoking uh, other mammal. <laughs> okay. Because they're able... I mean, we can't do it, can we? We can't sluice out our noses by just simply... You know, I would love here, while talking, yeah. to be able to just simply place my long <laughs> nose into that water bottle and, you know, sluice everything round. Yeah. It would be very useful as an actor if you needed to cry. You just... <laughs> You know, in a, in a scene, you just make yeah. sure you've got plenty of water up your nose and then close off the other areas and a little tear would come out then. And you could do it if you, if you had different coloured drinks. You could have different coloured tears. That's immediately a special effect. So, I mean, I'm, I'm literally guessing. Yeah. But it's incorrect. Yeah. It's due to uh, genes. <laughs> Fair enough. Can you name another animal that is cancer-resistant? Uh, the cockroach, isn't it? No, that's not I've, what I've got. I've, I've always assumed the cockroach was sort of cancer-resistant because they, they would apparently do very well after a nuclear, um, you know, a, n- yeah. a nuclear winter. Yeah. So that's... Na- nice. The naked that... mole rat was the correct answer. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I certainly feel the fool. Uh, that was the answer on the card. That's why yeah. I have to take... The naked, the naked mole rat. Yeah. OK. Do you think having sex with robots should be considered infidelity or do you think it should be definitely allowed? <laughs> because <laughs> it isn't... Well, a, well, it it isn't it. I'm not trying to sway you, but it isn't a person. Well, I hate to be pedantic, yeah. by which I mean I've found an opportunity <laughs> to be pedantic. Uh, but... Something being inf- an infidelity and something being disallowed. Yeah. They're not, it's not the, the same no, thing. Is say, it? You well, are my... allowed to be unfaithful. Yeah, Apart but my, Chris my Hune, wife won't let me Chris be Chris Hune went to prison for it. But yeah, mean, they say it was true. about speeding points, but it wasn't. It was the whole country was so cross with the terrible way he'd treated his wife. Yeah. Um, which, you know, was sort of... I, I, I genuinely thought was an interesting sign of a, a, a sort of deep uh, propriety in the British culture. Hmm. And just to get a laugh out, I'm going to say boobs. <laughs> and then you can just edit that together. And we'll put that. And the stuff about the propriety in the British culture really went across well. Yeah. Um, I imagine that's what you say when you have sex. That's yeah. what I'm imagining. Boobs. Yeah. Boobs. 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 <laughs> um. I, 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 I'm upset by how much you seem to imagine me having sex. I think mean, that's. Uh, but like a ro- my wife says we were watching humans yeah. and I wanted to, I asked her if I could have if she would mind if I had sex with a robot that looked exactly like the actor Gemma Chan mm-hmm. and she said that she would mind that yeah and I argued that it would shouldn't it's only like a machine it's not a human being so she shouldn't be I should be allowed to do it and because they're not around yet we have the chance to set the ground rules mm-hmm. so I quite strongly think that you should be allowed to have sex with robots and that shouldn't count as being a bad thing. What if you thought you were having sex <laughs> with the, the real person yeah. and then it turned out to be a robot? That'd so you'd be a, wanted... a lucky escape. So you'd think that, <laughs> yeah. that would be fine. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it, would, like, oh, it would no, retrospectively like, turn out as that I you... was doing everything oh it's a shame I'm doing this because this has ruined my marriage and I'll never see my child again oh, I mean I'm enjoying it but I'm, I'm, that is spoiling it at the back of my mind right. and then at the end she goes I am a robot I go oh <laughs> Would, would, would they be trained to say I am a robot at, at the point of orgasm well, just to the sort of and that, that would that's a real that's the, the bullseye for the you know someone who thinks that they're destroying their what? existing the relationship the danger is that a human being could say I am a robot like, yeah. as well. now that's what I say while having sex um, Uh, no, I, I think there's no getting around the fact that, that it would probably be almost exactly as upsetting as... I shouldn't you know. be, though. Definitely shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could... But, no, I, you using know. sex toys or having sex with an object would be weird, but it wouldn't be... So, essentially, what you're, you're, you're making the reasonable point that the fact that this sex toy has become elevated to a, a more realistic level yeah. shouldn't... You know, that skill in the manufacturing yeah. shouldn't be penalised. <laughs> exactly. Not, not, you know, in the, in the conventional sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, for, you know, for its own success. Mm. Yeah, I think, well... I, uh, my wife is in the audience, yeah. so I'm going to say she I can see... She won't mind having sex with a robot, though, because it's a robot, that's the thing. I, I, she, I don't think she'd mind me having sex with a robot that sort of looked like C-3PO. <laughs> but... <laughs> when say she wouldn't mind, would she like quite like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she absolutely... She, she hates asked sci-fi. me before the show, is but there yeah. any way you can slip this in... <laughs> See if they see if they would be up for it. <laughs> it's the only the one thing in our marriage that's not working for me: the lack of him having sex, bumming C three PO. Is there? And then we a perfect marriage. Not every time, but that would just be a little bumming C three PO. There's there's no there's no orifice there. It's, it's cl- That's the beauty of a robot, though, you, isn't it? You, you can just get a sort of drill out. Uh, it's, it's not I'm a, not a robot. <laughs> but he's I a robot. Oh, is it, I you get can, a drill. I can right. put a hole in him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't matter, because it's a robot. If you drilled into a woman, that would be... I... Uh, disapproved of. I, <laughs> I don't think yeah. that you'll be ever be possible to fully enjoy the sexual act with an orifice you have drilled yourself. <laughs> What if there was mayonnaise in there? <laughs> just there's there's in no doubt that the mayonnaise would help. <laughs> Do you think having sex with a ghost should be considered cheating? <laughs> I, 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 uh, a ghost? Yeah. Yes, probably. But, what but if you're asleep and Can the ghost... ghosts have sex? Yes. Obviously. Uh, and they often do. You, say you're asleep and you wake up and there's a ghost and it's mounted you on top of you and it's having mm. sex. Well, you're Would being you raped by a ghost. Yes, well, they don't have the moral code that we have <laughs> in the afterlife. Um, would you immediately say, please get off me, that is inappropriate. <laughs> please get off me, headless highwayman. <laughs> high or would you say, it's okay, it's just a ghost, I'll just finish it off. That's and my wife cannot be upset by that because it's a ghost. I, th- <laughs> I think it's, it would be possible at that point just to allow 
if you wanted to, yeah. allow the ghost to finish the process, <laughs> yeah. but then claim that you didn't have the opportunity to intervene yeah. before it reached Just say you were fruition. asleep the whole just time. Just say, I, yeah, I had only just at the <laughs> last moment when I ejaculated, I woke up and realised I'd been raped by ghosts. Yeah. And I'm so sorry, darling. But, but also, I'm not sorry. I feel... I want to go. I want to go on television and say about my terrible experiences of being violated by a ghost. And more people need to realise that this can happen. <laughs> also, are ghosts in this world. What, are, what do they feel? Because sometimes they're different. Sometimes ghosts are just a sheet with two holes in it. Yeah. Sometimes they're sort of a see-through person. Yeah. You imagine if they walk through, you you just shiver. And sometimes, like in Ghostbusters, they're sort of made out of a kind of gloop. Yeah. Uh, that, well, that would be the best type. We, we need to... <laughs> we, I think we need to know what they actually are, uh, but, you know, don't before don't any know. of this conversation <laughs> has any meaning. I don't have all the answers. <laughs> if you could have sex with any... the ghost of any person who's dead, yeah. which person would you like to have sex if, if If your wife... Well, no, I was going to say if your wife was sadly dead, but then you might want to have sex with her because she'd be a ghost. Yeah. So your wife is being... <laughs> Kidnapped by uh, a gang yeah, yeah. for a long time. He's yeah. been away for a long time. It's taking a weird turn. It's which, which historical character would you most like to have sex with if you were in the position to do that, if they were still alive? Um, I, th- I think, I don't know. I mean, I think probably a, like a really, probably just like a, someone like Grace Kelly. She's very sexy. Okay. I mean, it wouldn't be. She's not historically interesting. No. I'd rather meet Napoleon. Okay. But <laughs> I, right. I don't know. The question would be, if you can only meet these historical figures by having sex yeah. with them, would, would I be, be willing it? to endure sex with Napoleon in order to meet such an interesting historical figure? <laughs> or, you know, going back to Henry VIII, of yeah. course, you've got the risk of venereal disease Definitely. there. Would it be? But then again, syphilis can be quite easily treated now. now. As long as you so get back you get time. to meet Henry VIII, interesting man. <laughs> you, you end up bringing syphilis back from the 16th century. That's downside. Yeah. Or, or do you just go Grace Kelly, film star? Yeah. You know, that'd be fine. It's allowed apparently because she's a ghost. Yeah. So it's either Napoleon, Grace Kelly, or Henry VIII. No, not Henry VIII. I'm not. I'm not interested in Henry VIII. But um, he was good looking when he was young. You picture him as that big fat guy with the beard and stuff, yeah. but when he was young, he was very good looking. But I, the thing is, I, I'm the thing is, I'm not gay, but <laughs> most most of the historical characters I'd be most interested to chat to are men. Yeah, um, that, it's you know, a, it's the, Elizabeth the first I'd quite like to talk to, yeah. but she definitely would want to catch her early in her reign because she yeah. went a bit sort of uh, you know bald and unattractive. They, yeah. they say. Yeah. That's very judgmental. Yeah. Shaming of. Yeah. Still had a nice personality. Uh, and there might be a game show in this. In, uh, if we can invent time travel, yeah. that's the first point. Then you could go, who would you have sex with in the past? Yeah. Just thrown out there. So, um. Just <laughs> <laughs> throwing it out there, Dave. <laughs> you don't make this program, then. Uh, you said you don't want to work. I'll go to ask you. Ooh, uh, my voice went funny. Uh, uh, um, you said you wouldn't, don't want to work in America in, a, in an interview recently. Is that an absolute you'd know or you just prefer working in the UK? I would just prefer working in the UK. I don't want to relocate and try and, you know, yeah. they say that, you know, 
they say they make a lot of films in Hollywood. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously, you, you know, there's people... Um, America is aware of British comedy and yeah. there might be opportunities there and some people want to go there and find that very exciting and I can understand why they would, but I... I don't fancy that, but I would absolutely, if you know, if they like offered me a good job, yeah, if they America, <laughs> one of their meetings, my name came up, yeah. Um, then yeah, it's not like I won't, uh, I wouldn't do that, but I don't, I don't fancy relocating. It's not so because a lot of people kind of go out there with the express intention of whatever. I mean, they, yeah. I, I sort of feel like in America the TV's better than the films. Like a lot of people now go thinking, oh, I want to become a movie star, and then they're in really rubbish films. Yeah. But there's some really amazing TV shows in America. I think they're kind of beating us, really. Oh, oh yeah. And But I think the thing is, if you want to do that, you have to... Uh, I mean, firstly, it's a massive long shot. Uh, and secondly, if it, if it comes off, you end up having to live there for sort of seven years minimum. Yeah. And I like living here. And it's, <laughs> you know, and... and and it would, yes, it would be odd to be there, uh, sort of so you know, being incredibly well paid for something that was going really well. And this yeah. is you know, this is the jackpot. But sort of sadly thinking, I, I wish I could just go back and live in London where I like living. Yeah. And and you know, I've got all this money, but I, what, the one thing I can't afford to do because I would have myself sued into non-existence is just to go and live where I was living before. <laughs> so it's a bit like being a tax exile. Yeah. You know, this sort of go. I'm, I'm so rich but I can't not live on Guernsey. <laughs> Whereas there seem to be lots of people less rich than me who somehow can afford not to live on Guernsey. <laughs> uh, and we alluded to it slightly, but again, you were talking about... I, I, th- I think that's quite interesting about the length of uh, sitcoms. So Peep Show has obviously you've done... Uh, is it nine series or ten series? Or nine. Nine, nine, yeah. Uh, and I, I sort of would be better if it was ten, wouldn't it? Yeah, actually, that more, was more of a round number. Although they're all like six or eight long, so it doesn't yeah. make any difference. We've crossed the fifth. We'll cross the fifty episode mark. Yeah, which you know. Yeah, but I, but I, so I, but I again, I think you feel the same. That I, I think there's a lot of because of Forty Towers, everyone thinks oh, we have to do twelve episodes. Uh, but there's lots, you know, the best, the American sitcoms are admittedly with mm. a lot of writers go on and do 100 good episodes, and The Simpsons did 150, 200 really good episodes, and then a lot more after that that are still all right. Uh, and uh, it just sort of, it sort of smacks of like, oh, it's too, it's too hard to, you know, I think once you've got the characters established, I feel like the Peep Show could have been 22 episodes a year for yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think that when you've got with a sitcom, when you've got the a situation that, that clicks, then you, you, abso- you absolutely can, you know, re- repeat that situation and get lots of funny episodes and stories out of that. And I, yeah, I've always felt you sort of that getting that situation right is much harder than then yeah. doing another load of episodes in it. So you, yeah. it's a, you're a fool to yourself, really, if you don't. Uh, exploit the situation once once it's up and running and there's an audience for it and that's what we've certainly felt with Peep Show so in in British terms we've mass produced Peep Show but obviously in America where they've got so much more money and they can get huge teams of writers and do 22 episode series yeah uh, they you know they would laugh at us and if they, they would have Done two hundred episodes, good, though, if they were yeah, laugh, no, exactly. Laugh, but with derision. The yeah, kind okay. of, you know, that's, um, that, yeah. It's hard to tell though yeah. that you could walk away going, oh, "Well, that, they were laughing. That's good." No, that, that's they were, true. They, they yeah. were, no, that's, that's yeah. That's I mean, that's an, it's an intri- Yeah, <laughs> settling for derision that's just because it basically makes the same noise. That's it's a sort of it's like the comedian equivalent of just of deciding I don't need a relationship. I have money for prostitutes. <laughs> 
And what's, what are you going to do next? Have you got plans for stuff that you'll be doing, Professor Brainstorm again, which is why you had your moustache? Yes. Um, um, and I'm doing a sitcom uh, written by Ben Elton oh, okay. in, about Shakespeare, in which I play Shakespeare. OK. That's, we're recording that in uh, January, February time. Is it, it shit? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I both think and hope not, but we haven't made it yet. So, you know, it might, obviously, as with every artistic endeavour, it might be shit. Um, and, yet, and yet our attempts will be to make it very good, which means that if it is shit, it's even worse for us than if we just said, well, let's just deliberately make it shit. Uh, so, no, I, I hope it's not shit. I think the scripts yeah. are really good. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm aware that, it, you know, he has, you know, his recent sitcom projects haven't been the best of his work, but he's aware but of that his, as well. His, his historical sitcoms were very successful, I understand. It, it, precisely, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so that's you pretty, know. No, that is pretty. Um, I mean, I am a, I'm a big... I, it's sort of a weird thing with Ben Elton. I was talking to David Baddiel about this because he gets... He knows uh, Ben quite well, and Ben gets upset when... People like me say horrible things about him <laughs> for some reason. Uh, and, but, you know, it's weird because he's such... He was, when I was growing up, he was so that mm. important figure. Like, he's the heart of the young ones and Blackadder and, and stand-up. Mm. And it's, but it's interesting as a comedian... Because then also when you're a comedian, you understand how comedy fans work to you as well. You know what I mean? Mm. So, because you hold him in such high esteem, it's very hard for him to maintain that, maybe, without having... Yeah, done, you know, if he died when he was 24... I mean, it'd, be, it'd be amazing for yeah. him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, um, and I know he regrets that he didn't. Um, uh, but no, I, I think it, he's a very, he gets a lot more shit than he deserves. Yeah, I think that's true. And I don't know why that is, but the press. I love think to it's give because people and, like uh, him. So, I mean, I think the yeah. thing you should take from it, there's a point, I think people have so uh, such high regard for him and liked him so much that sort of anything he does is going to sort of disappoint well, I, them. I think there's a, yeah, there's a, that to a, uh, a great extent and also the fact I always find it annoying that when there's a new comedy on TV in, in general that reviewers sharpen their knives and they have really strong opinions about it whereas to a certain extent dramas and to a great extent you know shows about you know, documentaries or cookery shows or, or yeah. anything that they just people just go oh, yeah that's fine that's you know let that happen they've tried their best fine whereas a comedy if it doesn't immediately uh, isn't immediately perfect and hilarious everyone will go why why are you bothering to do this why are you wasting <laughs> our time with this unfunny rubbish with all those bits that i found unfunny why didn't you just put hilarious bits instead any <laughs> fool can do that uh, and it, oh, it's very irritating and it's frightening in advance of doing anything new but it comes from the fact that as a country, we care more about comedy than almost any other genre. Yeah, and comedy is also... I think it's very difficult to like a comedy straight away. So I think, the, you know, possibly part of the success of Peep Show was that it was allowed to sort of bubble away in the background without yeah. having... the. Pro, I guess part of, again, a part of the problem for Ben is that everything he does is going to be immediately like, right, is this any good? And then, yeah. oh, it's not as good as Blackadder, so uh, as my memory of what Blackadder yeah, was. Yeah. Uh, so it's very... It's, and I think every, nearly every comedy show I like, I didn't... I hated the first time I saw it. And I, I think almost everything that's very... I mean, I'd say the majority of things that turn out to be very successful were a bit of a slow burn of the people yeah. at most quite like to begin with. No, sure. Um, but um, but anyway, we're we're aiming for not for not shit. <laughs> okay. But um, that's good. And, to, that's and he good is place. brilliant. Having yeah. got to know him doing the pilot and things, he is brilliant, fun and funny and full of ideas. And 
I'm sort of right back to the the sort of being his fan that I yeah. completely felt watching Blackadder in in the eighties. Yeah. And uh, you know he's 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 inspiring to to work with, and I sort of therefore do sort of, and yet he has felt keenly the fact that you know. Uh, of late, anything he tries to do, people are quick to go, oh, what's this piece of shit now from, you know, well, you know why, why didn't you just do Blackadder and die? <laughs> and that, you, at the end of Blackadder that. goes forth, when they all got gunned down, why wasn't that really happening to you? If you could pass that message on to him from me. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's what's amazing about you. I think is that you're you've done a, a role that would define a lot of people, uh, but you but you're able to do lots and lots of different things. I th- that's kind of it. I think someone being so strongly associated with something like Peep Show, you've managed to do so many other things. that I don't. I, you know what I mean? Well, well I think I've, it's because meant I, to be a compliment. This. Well, thanks for coming no, I, I sensed that and therefore was embarrassed and didn't know what to say. Uh, but no, because uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm now searching for something self-deprecating to say, and I found it, okay. which is that because I'm such a panel show whore and have been uh, born into the era of, of panel shows being, it's, it's been I have had plenty of opportunities to define myself as other things because for every it takes. You know, Sam and Jesse months to write a series of Peep Show. It takes yeah. us weeks to shoot it. So a couple of hours in a studio, and you've got you know a, a half hour of comedy that will be repeated every six weeks on Dave <laughs> and Nauseam. Yeah. So it's it's sort of doing having a disproportionate uh, impact on the culture uh, is 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 comparatively easy when you're sort of on that list That's of people who do yeah. panel shows. Um, which I'm, you know, I rejoice in being on that list because I, I, they're fun I, and I like them and I like watching them. But yeah. I'm aware that that they're um, that people certainly most people would say that there are enough. <laughs> well, there are enough of this. I think I really like Would I Lie to You? I think it's my favourite one. I'm not. I can't watch it very often because my wife is annoyed there aren't more women on it. So if you could right. sort that out, then yeah. I can watch it a bit more often. <laughs> uh, I did say that to. I had Lee Mack on as well. Yeah. I know it's not your fault. But, you know, you could say I'm not going to do it anymore until there's at least two women on no, every Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm aware I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm personally making the problem worse, but, <laughs> I'm not, you know, neither am I doing everything I can to solve it. You know, but because apart from anything else, I am a man. You are. You can't and I wish to continue to be on it. So, <laughs> so in a way that the, the material contribution to the male-female balance I make is entirely anti-feminist. <laughs> If I was the, to, to solve that problem, I'd have to do something so drastic, <laughs> and I'm just not yet willing to make that step. I'm considering making that step for that very reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might finally get on some panel shows, uh, but, <laughs> but Jermaine Greer wouldn't like it. That's the problem. And that's, that's who I'm. We opened up a can of worms right at the end of the show that I wish I hadn't got into. Let's uh, let's. Uh, uh, it's a it's what again it's a brilliant show and the, and it's. It needs, unfortunately, to uh, stay with that male dynamic because the three of you are very, very good. It's a brilliant show. But, the, but, but also, I think it's, it, it feels like it should be a show that is, is equal with men and women because, it's, yeah. because yeah. of the very format is just about well, people telling stories. I think the episodes where there are... You know, you know, too often in panel shows now, the feeling is, because there was that sort of ruling made that you have to have at least one woman on yeah. a panel show, that ha- too often has 
the effect that there are never any more than one woman yeah. on a panel show, which creates a, an, an unnatural dynamic. And that means too often that the women that are on panel shows are there representing all womankind, yeah. which is a, sort of a ridiculous state of affairs. Um, and yes, I think the episodes of uh, panel shows in general where there are more than one woman are better than the ones with one or none. I think they probably suit people like you and me more. I think the yeah. Radio 4 shows often have, you know, I've done Radio 4 panel shows where it's all women and me. Mm. And it makes me question why I've been booked. Uh, but uh, <laughs> whether it's been some mistake. But no, it's, it suits, I think it suits you and I because we're, that, we're more, you know, conversational comedians whereas someone like Mock the Week, the, you know, that, that kind of bang, bang, bang is, is very much suits the male stand-ups because of the format, I think, yeah. whereas it's harder yeah. for the female stand-ups with a more yeah, Yes, In, environments where there's a lot of interrupting yeah. don't, suit, don't suit women or me. <laughs> no. um, and, yeah. I don't like it, it, interrupting. It's rude. It, it is. That's why. I mean, that's the only. The only reason I don't like Mock the Week is just just want them to go. When you're doing that bit, just take it in turns. <laughs> well, it, it's, well, uh, yeah, and it's absolutely, absolutely. The times I've been on it, that absolutely. You know, it's there are lots of very funny people on it, but that there's this a culture of interrupting that I, I find both. I've, I go come away from it f- feeling that people have rudely interrupted me, and I've been forced to rudely interrupt other people, which is a sort of you know, uh, sends me into a deep maelstrom of bourgeois <laughs> self-loathing. <laughs> and uh, we'll have to... Because uh, the theatre uh, wants to put on other shows, ridiculously. <laughs> uh, so we're going to have to... Who's uh, on next? Um, I'm not sure who's on. T- I know that Hal Crandon's doing it in a couple of weeks. I can't remember who's on, on next. Um, but it's gone for the people at home anyway. You've missed it. Uh, so uh, the people here, you might be able to come and watch whatever it is. It'll be good, because everything at Les Square Theatre is excellent. Um, you did a voiceover for the Frank com- commercials the, about drugs, about the drugs taking. Yes. Did you stop people taking drugs? Has is is that problem been solved? Well, I, I tried to stop all the advertising executives who had taken them while I was doing the recording. I said, come on, that's... You know, can I at least wait until we've finished? Um, but... But they just wouldn't listen. That's all. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for David Mitchell. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you. You've been listening to Richard Herring's Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, David Mitchell. The music is by Pest. I nearly always forget that bit. And thank you to everyone at the Square Theatre. Thank you to the kids from GoFastTheStrike.com for helping us get this thing together. Thanks to everyone at the British Comedy Guide, especially Orange Mark. I don't know if we've been thanking him enough. I don't think we have. And so thanks times 15 to Orange Mark. Thank you also to myself. I am Richard Herring and my producer, Dave Cribb. And it is a go faster stripe and a go faster stripe and a fuzz and a fuzz and a Sky Potato production just once on Sky Potato. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed this show, please go to my website, richardherring.com, and look at my gig guide and see if I'm bringing my show Happy Now anywhere near you. I'll be touring from February right through to June all over the UK. I would love to see you at the gigs, filling up the empty chairs. Not especially you, just anyone. So tell everyone about the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it, uh, and uh, there will be more next week uh, from Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Goodbye.